welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, we have a great guest this week. Um, his name is Ryan McGuire, and he is the head volleyball coach at Baylor University. And we've had the softball coach come um, earlier last, last season. Um, and we're so blessed to have Ryan here. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about his interview later, Chad, but one of the fun facts about Coach McGuire is that he won three years in a row the men's volleyball national championship and women's volleyball national championship while he was the coach at Cal Baptist. And that's just crazy. That's just unbelievable. Um, and after he moved from Cal Baptist to Baylor, he took a team that was okay um, and just made it explode in the national rankings, even reaching um, the final four and elite eight. Um, but, but yeah, what, what did you like about this, uh, interview? Yeah, there's so much to like about Ryan, uh, some of the stories that he shared and, um, and one that resonated with me was, was a story that he shared. I won't give it away, but, um, the ant, the ante was a bit higher for, for him, but, um, I know a lot of coaches wrestle with the thought on, on family over coaching or over profession. And uh, this last spring, I, my wife had a surgery a couple days before our conference championship. And uh, I had that tough choice on, do I go to the conference championship, uh, leave her or help her, her recover, help out with the kids. And um, early in my coaching, 100%, I would have probably jetted back to the conference championship. Um, this time, I think I made a, a wise choice in just serving my bride and, and being there for her uh, to show that I love her more than, more than uh, my coaching. And uh, for Ryan, uh, his ante was much, much higher, and he tells that that detailed story very, very funny and uh, and and beautiful uh, story for him to share. Yeah, I, I really like that story, and I can't wait you guys to listen to that. Um, but as well, Chad, he talked about imposter syndrome, which is a, a recurring theme in a lot of our podcasts, um, and he also talked about how he learned to be a coach and what kind of life turns had to happen for him in order for him to feel prepared to be a coach. And he even he never actually played volleyball until until later in life. He was a football player, um, but we'll let him tell those stories, Chad. And we can't wait for all of you to hear it right now. Coach McGuire, thank you so much for coming on the Christian Coach Podcast. It's an honor to have you here. Um, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. And, you know, I think just to be a Christian in general, not just a Christian coach, uh, man, I'm just so thankful for what God's done for me in my life. Uh, he's my strength. He's my source of encouragement, but, uh, most importantly, he's my salvation. And just, you know, I was speaking to an athlete, uh, just the other day, he's still skeptical and it just, it brought back to me all of his faithfulness and his sovereignty in my life. But, uh, mostly what, what he's empowered so many people to overcome. And, you know, talking to an athlete, I, I think being a Christian coach means we just have an opportunity to uh, share his story. Uh, best example of, of love is just reflecting the character of Christ towards others. And I've been so fortunate that at a very early age, I knew I wanted to coach. And I had coaches that really exemplified that in a way that kind of uh, transform my thinking and, and, you know, have me trying to figure out how I can combine the two. And really it's just um, to be a Christian coach. I mean, to me means to submit to him and let him be the head coach. So 
uh, whether I've been an assistant coach or a head coach, you know, I've, I've tried to make him the head coach. Yeah. I know when I try, I fail when I trust he succeeds. So the, the battle is to uh, remain in him, which isn't always easy with the stresses and pressures and things, but to remain in him and let him reign in me. And sometimes I'm able to do that. Sometimes I falter and, and uh, need to come back to him in forgiveness and let him guide me again. Yeah. That that's a great quote. When I when I try, I failed. When I trust, I succeed. That's uh, oh, I'll, so I'll be true. using that one. I'll so be true. using that one. Uh, <laughs> personal motto for sure. Um, you mentioned that from a very early age, you knew you wanted to coach. That's usually not the the dream of of a young kid. I wanted to be a professional soccer player first, and then yeah. tennis player. Um, how did you, how old were you when you decided to coach and why did you, do you think you made that decision? Yeah. Hey, I wanted to play for the Lakers. You know, I grew up <laughs> in uh, Southern, Southern California and, um, you know, in Romans five, it just talks about how suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character and character hope. And I think that's just kind of God's game plan for life. And, and, you know, Adam and Eve had everything going so well and, in cause that sin caused suffering um but jesus came persevered character and you know that that hope is one that's not a wishy-washy man i hope i win a national championship it's, it's a <laughs> foregone conclusion that that god is victorious and so uh for me my uh, eighth grade year was was a, a great time uh you know i was quarterback on the the flag football team i was point guard on the basketball team And, uh, but, you know, unfortunately I lost both grandparents. My best friend died in a, a car accident that year. I think it went to like 11 funerals just in this like short amount of time. And uh, my coach at the time, Bob Winger, who, you know, small <clears throat> junior high school was, was kind of coached everything. So he was, he was both basketball, football coach. Uh, he also lost his father at that time, but um You know, I was playing all sports. And so I was uh, that summer, I was on an all-star soccer team and we were going to go play in Hawaii. And I was so excited. And my parents decided to go last minute. I was really bummed. Like, it was going to be this first trip alone with, uh, with the guys and everything. And, um, you know, eventually they, they came and I'm, I'm super glad that they did. Uh, I ended up breaking my leg like three different places, like day two of this 10-day trip out there. And so I'm like, stuck on the beach with this giant plaster cast because they're going to wait till I got back to the United States to set it and everything, try not to get sand in it and sunburn everything. And everyone's having fun, parasailing, snorkeling, doing all things you can do in Hawaii. And uh, man, that just knocked me on my back. And so it also meant I started high school, you know, going from a junior high to a new high school uh, on crutches. Um, You know, I, I had my uh, my grandmother pass away at her little her little rascal scooter. I thought that was kind of cool to drive around, not have crutches at, at times. But, you know, I went from like starting quarterback and point guard to, you know, the gimp, you know, I uh, had issues with my Achilles and just couldn't go out for sports. And uh, but that that coach let me come back to the the junior high. And, and you know, as a ninth grader, I was the offensive coordinator for our football team. And, man, I just I just really loved it. And, and so. From then on, from all of, uh, you know, four years of high school, I was coaching junior high. And as soon as I got into college, I was coaching um, high school. And it just seemed to, you know, doors kept opening up more and more from there. And, uh, yeah, I think Bob Winger, that junior high coach, 
you know, it was probably the first coach I had where, where all coaches seemed to lose their temper. That seemed to go with it. Uh, but he would actually ask for forgiveness from the athletes, uh, even the officials sometimes when he crossed, crossed the line. And he, again, he had a temper, but, uh, you know, his humility in that was, was just something special and, you know, kind of set the tone as uh, God is, is the head coach. So yeah. I, well, uh, that, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that that freshman year of uh, high school, the uh, high school decided to drop tennis. So I figured I was going to, you know, tennis in the spring, uh, make make tennis my sport. I'd done juniors tennis. Again, I was just a young athlete, fast, loved doing it. And, uh, you know, they're like 50-year history. It's, it's like 25 years of tennis. One year they didn't have it, and then the next 25 they end up having it. So I figured I'd go out for volleyball to uh, – kind of stay in shape for the other sports. Uh, and again, uh, love the sport and had great coaches and mentors in that. Uh, Barb and Dave Heron are ones I still talk to today. And uh, again, I, I think knowing coaching is what I want to do. I, you know, I was that kid always asking questions, trying to scoot closest to the coaches on the bench, you know, when I wasn't a starter and hear what they're saying and try and oversee and, and just, you know, love the strategy of it, of it all. Yeah, that that's that's great. You're not the first coach I've spoken to recently that became a coach after suffering injury early on in their you know high school or college. Um, I think I, I look at probably the better coaches out there professionally, even in college, they weren't you know necessarily the best players. You know, they were the ones who studied the game and had to really learn and. Um, and then due to injury, just sat on the bench and listened to the coach and yeah. paid attention to what they were doing. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, it's valuable that time, you know, and I think a lot of players complain to being on the bench, but it's a great learning, you know, uh, arena is on the bench. Just pay attention, you know? Um, Absolutely. A lot, lot of uh, exponential growth can, can happen there. Yeah. And, same. So many athletes, you know, here at Baylor, we, 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 you know, in 19, we had a good season in the final four, but uh, you know, we, we had a girl, uh, Shelly Stafford, that got to experience that extra year because an injury took another year away, uh, but seemed to be that much more, you know, powerful just having to sit and watch that year. And it's I've seen it so true, as you mentioned, so many student athletes. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, a little bit about mentors and having your eighth grade coach. And then as you took over, uh, took up volleyball, you got some mentors there. How important is it for us coaches to still have that kind of relationship with, with other coaches who have done it for longer? Um, and how important is it for us to be willing to help the younger coaches as well? Yeah, no, <clears throat> I think it's huge. Uh, my dad, you know, who's, who's passed away recently, he just taught me early on, like, like we want to have mentors in our lives, like someone who's walked before and someone who's willing to invest in others. Uh, really, when when God talks about being a blessing in other people's lives, I, you know, I can't be a blessing to everybody, but, you know, who am I willing to invest in their future and, and walk side by side for them? But yeah, to have a mentor in our life, to, to have a close companion like Jonathan was to David or David to Jonathan. And then, uh, and then also be mentoring others, you know, kind of be in those, those three phases. So that's a, a challenge. I work with my own student athletes and, and man, I've, I've had some great, great mentors. Uh, I would say early on, they didn't know they were the mentors because I'm just sitting there and listening <laughs> and 
and then you know um you know a, a pastor friend of mine who still mentors me now is just he's really good because he's he's quick to let me know when i'm drifting or you know we talked earlier about you know i try I fail i trust he succeeds and and he's the one that asks well are you are you trying ryan or are you trusting and and that brings me back to a to a good place um you know then when when it comes to recruiting god's still the head recruiting coordinator and I think sometimes he brings us athletes that uh, need uh, some good influence where we can impact them. Sometimes he brings athletes that are there to probably challenge us and make us grow. And, uh, you know, normally it's kind of a, a combination of, of both. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I get excited when, when I do. I see them go on to be coaches and doing different things. We get to continue those those conversations and again it's normally because you know they they love the principles and they also love just seeing how god changed their own life and it's man we, we receive his love we want to be able to give it back you know yeah. however we can and in the the sports context is a great place to do it very true very true you played college at Bi- biola biola yep. yep and then you ended up coaching there how yep. how was that transition from player to coach at your alma mater Oh man, it, it was, uh, you know, it was unique. It was, it was just a couple of years before. I just have one brother. Uh, I thought girls had cooties up through college pretty, pretty much for a while. And so I, you know, I had an AD when I was coaching high school who asked me to give up the football to coach like JV girls volleyball. And I, I was, I was like, man, I honestly was upset. Like I'm going from <laughs> you know, football to like JV. I had no idea what I was doing. I made a bazillion mistakes. I'm encouraging with enthusiasm and that it would, they would cry because of that. And I just, <laughs> I, I had no idea. Like, like I, 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 uh, yeah, God was paving the way. And, and, you know, there's a lot of funny stories just in that, that first year doing it, but, um, no, I, um, uh, was my senior year of college at Biola did assist with the women's volleyball team. Uh, Robin Davis, great coach at times. So here's another place I can learn and mentor. Left for a year, do my GA NC State. And uh, my uh, wife's sister probably prayed me back in to, uh, to that job. I, I, I said no uh, to Biola because, you know, I was, man, I was D1. I wanted to kind of do that. But yeah. there, there was a time at the time, like, man, I'm not sure if I could coach Division One and successfully have a family, just knowing how I'm, I'm wired. So, uh, I did end up taking the job to come back to California was great. I was, uh, about two months older than the oldest player at the time. And, uh, that, that was my sister-in-law and, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, future sister-in-law at the time, you know, yeah. and then it was like, man, super walls. I've never been a touchy feely guy and, and, yeah. and anything there. Uh, you know, her sister was actually younger. I'm only 14 months older Benner, but uh, you know, Sarah at Biola had redshirted, so they're both the same okay. class. And so, um, Jen, my wife, had kind of come to the open gyms just to, to, to train. And then, you know, after Sarah graduated and everything, and she she graduated, we started communicating while I was still coaching at Biola. But yeah, I, I remember the tinglys that that first national anthem going off and standing like, man, I'm I'm 22, I'm a head coach, and I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, how, how long is it going to take for people to figure out? I, I still don't feel <laughs> I know what I'm doing. And um, but I'm going to do my best and, and go from there. Yeah. How, how did you get over that uh, 
would say maybe an imposter syndrome of like, hey, no. how long until they figure out that I don't know anything? I, from personal experience, I just completed a, an Ironman 70.3 race. Awesome. And that was the first moment in my life where I went to check in and I'm looking at people's bodies and their bikes. And I'm like, yeah. this is, I do not belong here. Out of my this, yeah. this is truly a place that I do not belong. <laughs> no, that, that imposter syndrome, uh, I, I think kind of still rings true there a little bit. You, you know, I, I feel like, man, I, there should be this like 10 years of coaching where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing and people are going to like figure it out and you just work hard. And then there's supposed to be these, this 10 years of like this golden age where you know what you're doing, you're really successful. <laughs> and then you enter the like, man, am I too old? And I can't relate to these athletes anymore. Am I out of touch? I feel that middle thing just gets skipped. <laughs> I, I, I went from like, man, are people figuring out that I don't know what I'm doing to like, what is TikTok and, and why it like, it's, it's getting hard, you know, today I get to start calling, you know, the 2023 yeah. and, and just to relate is it's, uh, it's still out of my league and out of my world, you know, but yeah. uh, there are some things, you know, some timeless principles that ring true, but uh, I would say when I was an assistant at Florida State, so, you know, I left Biola, I coached uh, 10 years at Cal Baptist, loved it, um, championships, men's, women's side. Uh, I, I took the job because I was getting married and, and uh, it paid a real salary. <laughs> I love, you know, I'm an alumni, I love it. Like, you know, I have a dream of starting a men's team there someday, but uh, I figured if I'm starting a family, I need to, you know, I was having to still teach on, on the side sure. when coaching college at, at uh, Biola at a high school. Um, but when I was a, uh, assistant, you know, and that was kind of a scary move from head coach for like 13 years to, to an assistant in Maryland and then assistant at Florida state. But, um, it, you know, I, at Florida state, I got to run every practice, every drill, great mentor, head coach. And, you know, he'd sometimes say, Hey, let's focus on these things. And I had so much freedom. Uh, we opened up at Nebraska and Nebraska storied volleyball program yeah. on the road there that, you know, they're regulars in the final four. And uh, we were able to get that win. You know, it was, it was like their first loss at home in a non-conference game in like a decade <laughs> or, or second one in three decades. And uh, I do remember that just being a affirming moment uh, for me personally, like, okay, maybe, Maybe I have what it takes to uh, to be successful at this level, um, and again, that that success only talking about the wins and losses. Uh, I, I would say through the journey at at, at CBU, uh, success was was kind of redefined. It, you know, we had this miserable, everyone hurt, losing season, one win and nineteen losses in in conference. I'm going to get fired. My kid's about to be born. What what's what's going to happen? And uh, you know, that really forced me to shift gears. That that was a season of suffering that, that I do feel we persevered. We suffered well. Like some, we're always going to suffer. Like suffering comes and finds us, yeah. whether we create it ourselves or it, it just comes. Uh, but we suffered well. We persevered and, and just built character with, you know, this nucleus of like four girls that were really healthy by the time the yeah. season was over. And then people got healthy and, and then um, – it, you know, it just changed what you focus in on. And, and then, so when success came next year, God did a miracle. We win a national championship. You know, we really just tried to stay focused on what, what was important and that that's honoring him and glorifying him. And again, let, letting him lead. And the, uh, the story that he's going to paint for us in our future is always better than anything we can imagine and come up with our own. And, 
you know, better to be in a season where there's losses and adversity, but that joy and peace that comes from battling and doing his will is so much better than, um, you know, achieve, achieve, achieve. And again, this is all stuff I've been very, very guilty of. And then indulge, indulge, indulge. Oh, I achieved success. Now I can indulge in, in more money and more fun, more toys, more, you know, more entertainment yeah. or whatever it is, rather than, again, go back to seeking him daily and, and see what the battle is. But uh, the joy that comes from that is, is tremendous. And Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to- so you went... <laughs> I'm a little speechless because you went from one lot, one win to a national championship in, in 12 months. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, you know, we were nine and 23 overall, but one and 19 in conference yeah. in, in 2004. And, and that, that really, it, it was a miracle. And, and God is not a good luck charmer. I really, you know, I hesitate to share this, but uh, I think sometimes we, we limit him on what he can do. That's, that's what the, the pastors were preaching on. And it just seemed this recurring theme. And so, um, you know, like I said, that, that, that was fall in fall of 2003. And then in the spring, I had a great men's team. We're really physical, really athletic. Uh, I, I'm like, man, we just got to do good enough to keep my job. You know, I'm already hearing the rumblings from administration and that just, that just brought me to my knees. And, and there was, there was a personal time where I'm just daily on my knees, uh, specific in, in what I'm asking for. I, I think, um, you know, when we witness a miracle in our lives, it, it really changes how we pray. I, I would say there's, there's probably some immaturity even in, in how I was praying back then, but knowing God still answered some of those prayers was, was pretty uh, spectacular and, and kind of shifts and changes. And uh, I hope my, my prayer life is, is even different than that then. But um, yeah, my wife was pregnant and our men's team uh, was good. I, I had two guys from Africa that could just hit the snot out of the ball. I had a seven foot Polish guy. I had a six uh, eleven opposite um, gentleman from NC State. The one year I was I was kind of coaching men's club out there with the women that that I was trying to mentor. Also, that, that ended up doing national team and playing pro. So we were big, seven foot, six eleven, physical, and uh, it was pretty exciting. We're starting to get these wins over. Uh, um, see that year like uh, USC and Hawaii and Stanford and uh, the nationals were coming up and in April 18th was the championship day and that just happened to be my wife's due date uh, <laughs> for our firstborn son and and uh, you know I've always said God family career that that's the priority that's that's the order and I, I do feel I was being tested so you know they'll the test your priorities oh, he, he, he did but um so the week of uh, nationals, he asked, uh, sorry, we went to the doctor and we're like, Hey, firstborn, like they never come on the due date. Right. They're always like day early or days late or something. And he's like, no, first one, it looks like it might, it might, it might go a little bit longer. So the doctor kind of thumbs up to go to nationals, which is in Wichita, Kansas. I'm in California, Southern California. So do that. You know, we get out there, we practice Wednesday, we win Thursday, we, we win Friday, and uh, sure enough, wife calls 3.30 a.m., uh, the hotel room, right? Because this, this is like barely yeah. cell phone uh, times. And um, I think I saw a flip one, but, you know, it's, yeah. it's off night. And, and um, you know, hotel rings, and she's like, hey, I'm having contractions. They're five minutes. I'm heading to the hospital. 
So this is 3.30. So I wake up, grab my, uh, I have to wake up or SID because I didn't, yeah. I didn't travel with a laptop back then and, yeah. hey, you know, write a letter to the, to the team. And then uh, woke up our captain. Uh, his, his name was Randy. Uh, he must have been really happy. Waking uh, up. <laughs> he, he was. Randy was. Uh, he was real. Really, you could call him Rudy. Uh, yeah. If you know from the movie, he uh, he was a 25 year old electrician. Uh, he literally cried when when I told him he made the team. It had just always been his dream to play college volleyball. Uh, he is all of five foot. Mm, I don't know if he listens to this, he'll be mad if I'm off, but like, I like five foot nine and uh, he, he, you know, we, we teased him because of his cankles and, and that, that would just kind of sprain and uh, uh, didn't play very much, but uh, because of his maturity, because that, that Rudy, that character, he'd yeah. run through walls. Like he was the guy that'd stand on the other side of net and then just let all these guys crush him and just stand there and just get pummeled. <laughs> pummel with balls you know to like yeah. make sure they're hitting hard enough that they're they're undiggable and so i woke him up and gave him the game plan and said you're in charge uh had no assistance at the at the mm. time <laughs> uh the ad had traveled uh just in case and then i had a uh resident director that was uh, uh played with me at at biola on the men's club team and and um you know knew volleyball enough because we'd play yeah. together that kind of stood in as, as well to fill out the lineup sheet, but he hadn't practiced or gone to matches with us. And uh, yeah, Randy, Randy was in charge. So <clears throat> I went to the airport to uh, <clears throat> try and find the closest, uh, sorry, the first flight back to California, you know, no, no <laughs> smartphones. So I just go to your kiosk, went to yeah. the first flight to California, run to the next one, run to the next one. All right, you know, you guys, 6 a.m., 5.45, you know, I'm trying to run back and forth to do it. I can't just pull it up. And, um, yeah, long story short, ended up making it <clears throat> back to California. Jen's pushing pretty hard, and uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to, like, figure out what's going on in the championship match. Oh, we won the first set. Uh, we lost the second set. Uh, you know, we, we won the third, and Randy's giving me updates, you know, hold on, you know, he did sub himself in maybe a little bit more than I may have uh, to go in and, and serve. But no, I, I, uh, again, he was a great friend. You know, yeah. I talk to him to this day and, and I know we'll get to prayer requests, but he was, he's out helping my mom fix stuff in, in uh, Southern California. I, again, no longer an electrician, but he can still yeah. put up bands faster than, than anybody. And, yeah. uh, yeah, first national championship and firstborn son kind of all happened at the, That's, the same time. What what yeah. a what a blessed blessed weekend! And then uh, you know if you fast forward into the uh, fall of two thousand four, uh, our women's team that was just um, uh, had that tough persevering season the year before somehow ended up winning a national championship. Like, like uh, <clears throat> that season that year will just that, that almost brings me back to tears every time. <laughs> Just, uh, that is an incredible story. Yeah, thank God, you for sharing. In that, and again, it has nothing to do with 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 me. Yeah. And so, just thankful I got to be part of that ride and, yeah. and just sharing about who he is and what he can do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. That's incredible, um, Coach. We we I don't want to take too much time. More so, I'm going to ask uh, how how can we be praying for you? Uh, you know, my mom, California, just been diagnosed with uh, inoperable uh, pancreatic cancer. So, um, you know, I was out there. My wife and kids are out there spending some time 
Um, you know, one of the things I'm most grateful for is, is my childhood. You know, as, as we coach more and more athletes, we, we realize just uh, how important that upbringing is. Uh, when, there, when there's <clears throat> lack of good parenting, it, it creates a lot of challenges that, that we do have to help overcome. And so uh, I'll see her in heaven. We're at peace. It's a great relationship. So um, she's in and out of ICU where we're just kind of in those times. So, um, you know, just comfort, encouragement for, uh, for her in this time would be great. And, and then as we kind of navigate those, you know, assisted living decisions and, and just, just, you know, those end of the days, uh, she was a teacher forever. So I, I see coaching is, is teaching, um, you know, John Wooden, you know, as you read through all this stuff, like coaches are teachers. And so, uh, you know, uh, a lot of what I do is, has come from her as well. Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this conversation with uh, Coach McGuire. We like to lift up um, his mom, Father, that you will put your healing hand on her, that you give her comfort, Lord, that that you you um, you you just be with the family as they navigate these next steps here, Father. I pray that. Um, the doctors who are in charge of her will will have great clarity of mind um, to know what the next treatments are. Um, Lord, that you you be in the center of the situation, Father. That the whole family will trust in you, know that you you know what's best for them. Uh, Lord, thank you again for this conversation and uh, help Baylor volleyball to continue to represent you at the highest stages. Remember, Amen. 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 Amen, Gian. Uh, really, really special interview. Uh, thankful for Ryan and, and everything that he shared with us. And I think the top top quote that he shared early on was just, when I try, I fail. When I trust, he succeeds. And I think that's just has been speaking to me the, the last uh, few weeks of, uh, you know, the athlete in me, the, the coach in me is just like grind, work, outwork these guys and uh, just really seeing um, that it's not all, all about my effort and my performance, but just about the power that God has and, and just trusting in him. You know, the, the horse is made ready for battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord type of thing. So uh, that's, a, that's a quote I'll take away for a long time. Yeah, I, I keep using that all the time with my players and, and my family now. It's uh, And another guest, I believe, talked about let, God, let go and let God. Um, and it's kind of the same, the same avenue there. But on a more serious note, Chad, we, we wanted to address a situation where Coach McGuire asked us to pray for his uh, for his mom who was dealing with cancer. And unfortunately, she passed away this uh, this past August. And so we want to lift up Coach McGuire uh, in prayer, his family, as they now transition to a new stage of life without his mom, that, that he'll that he'll be there for the rest of his family, that, that he'll be a good support um, person for, for the rest of the family. And they will continue to to pray for him and, and his family and, and hope that they'll find some comfort in, in Christ. Um, but coach, remember the mission field is right where you're at.